0: what is going on everybody welcome back on into philly take with rb today we are joined by a very special guest that is right we have current philadelphia 76ers power forward aka the minivan george niang george thank you so much for taking time to join the show today man how's everything going
1: it's good it's good everything's going uh going well just taking it one day at a time here and uh you know focusing on focusing on what's ahead of me that's for sure
0: yeah, I appreciate the time. And, you know, obviously it's been really a wicked season so far. You know, you guys start out 8-2 and two on a hot stretch. A lot of people start to talk about this team as, as you know, um, really catching the fire. And then you guys go into an outbreak. Then it's kind of been up and down since. And and just as of recently, you were the latest guy or one of the latest guys to go into health and safety protocols. As we're now pretty much experiencing a second outbreak uh, but overall, how are you feeling both physically and mentally? Are there any symptoms weighing you down?
1: Uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, I actually feel great. Um, you know, I've had a couple of days to, you know, relax, rest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I had mild symptoms, if that's what you want to say. Uh, we, we had gotten in super late to Memphis. So I honestly just thought what was happening was just a, a case of me being super tired from from getting in late. Um, and then when I tested positive, um, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously your symptoms kick in and you realize how tired you are. And after like two days, I was uh, feeling back to normal and, you know, itching to get out, you know, and, and test negative and uh, get out of quarantine. Um, obviously mentally it's frustrating. Um, you know, obviously when something you do on a day-to-day basis is taken away from you and you kind of just have to sit at home like a, you know, a couch potato, which is, is, uh, is tough, but I think, you know, the overall morale of, of our team is, is realizing that, you know, we're going to get through this, you know, we have a next man up mentality. Um, obviously we had a big win in Boston, but, you know, moving forward, I think once we know we get all our guys back, we know, you know, we're a tough team for uh, other teams to beat and, you know, we're looking on growing and getting better each day. Yeah,
0: it's good to hear that you're doing well. We're hoping to get you back out there soon. I know it's almost been a week now, and, you know, the NBA said today that, you know, they're not really planning to stop any part of the season. So, like you said, next man up, we, you know, we got to get going. But um, just as, you know, kind of an intro here, obviously the nickname Minivan um, has been a huge thing here amongst us Sixers fans. Um, And for those who may be listening that do not know the backstory, kind of enlighten us on the origins of the nickname Minivan.
1: Uh, so when I was in Utah, um, we were playing the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, we were beating them pretty good and I had opportunity at the end of the game. It was, I, I wasn't playing that much and I got at the end of the game after sitting a while and had a chance to go baseline and dunk it and I kind of just laid the ball up with the net or the, over the rim and um, my teammates came back to the locker room and were like, yo, what the heck was that? And I was like, whoa, 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 like, listen, I know you guys are all Ferrari engines, but I'm like a minivan. I need a couple laps <laughs> around the block uh before i get to maximum speed so it kind of took off from there and when the sideline reporters caught wind of it and then after that it was that was all she wrote dude i love it i love it so have you know
0: obviously there there's been a lot of talk about kind of your story and you know you had to lose weight after you suffered a bad injury um but do you think you know um being this type of player like Has this always fit your type of role? Like, are you always kind of the odd man out, but you find your way within a team? Because that'll kind of get into what I want to discuss. But, you know, I I think you're a guy that kind of fits your role perfectly. You find ways to make things happen on the court.
1: Yeah, I think the best thing you can be as a player is self-aware, knowing what you're capable of and what you're not capable of and kind of staying in that realm and shining at what you do great and, um, you know, being neutral at what you don't do great. Um, and those are huge keys for me. You know, I think everywhere I've gone, I've kind of prided myself on being a winner and doing the little things that kind of help my team win. Um, personal accolades aren't really something that really get me too excited. I'd much rather have a, a team victory. Um, but I, I think for me, you know, I'm kind of like a jack-of-all-trades guy. If you need me to dribble, if you need me to shoot, if you need me to pass, um, you know, I'm willing to do all those things just to, make sure that, you know, we're winning games. There's no, I only do this or I only do that. Um, I think those types of players are selfish and, you know, those guys don't ever really win. So, therefore, being here has been great. I've been asked to do uh, a bunch of different things, wear a bunch of different hats. Um, obviously, we started off really hot. then um, like you said, we got hit with that outbreak. So, you know, trying to figure out you know, how we can get our guys back in the groove and on the court at the same time is is another battle that we're fighting. But I think, you know, when it's all said and done, we're going to have a very, very successful year. Yeah, I'm
0: looking forward to it. And I want to go to something you said there about, you know, just being a winner, that winner mentality. You know, I'm sure you've had kind of some time here to reflect on your season so far. We're 30 games in 31 games, actually. And, um, you know, with the way that you have entered this team and pretty much, you know, this whole season uh, in general, like. We have some new faces, but I feel like when guys come to Philadelphia, they kind of just either get it or they don't. And what I mean by that is the culture, the fan base, there's a certain feel to it. And when I watch you or you know, even when you're on social media or just in general, like your flair, I feel like you are a player that gets it, right? Um, so pretty much what I want to know is, did you know a lot about the Philly fan base, the Philly style before you came here? Was that kind of a, a determinant in your decision at all?
1: Um, you know, I think it's funny because uh, when I was with my last team, uh, we were staying at the Four Seasons, which is probably one of the nicest hotels in all of the NBA here in uh, Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, you just get... you. If people don't know where the Four Seasons is at, it's right in Center City. And you can see literally north philly south philly you know west philly you can see over to camden like you can see everything and i remember telling one of the guys i was like man if if this doesn't work out you know what i mean like i could definitely see myself like here just because like you look at the hard working people you know the every day waking up fedex person you know post office person you know what i mean mailman like everyone just kind of finding their way to do their job during the day and then at, the, at night it's like all right now everyone's passionate about Philadelphia sports, like it's either it's the Sixers, it's the Phillies, it's the Eagles, or it's the Flyers. And um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm a Northeast kid. I'm I was born and raised in Boston, so I kind of get how the the mind frame of a Philadelphia person, you know, or a Northeast person works. You know, what I mean, like I work my ass off all day. I want to sit down and watch my team kick ass and 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 do well. And when I go see a game, you know, I I don't have all that much money to spend. So when I go there, I want to see them give it their all. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of us in this locker room pride ourselves on is that waking up every day and putting our hat on and having that mentality where like, hey, we don't know who's going to come see us play tonight. We don't care who we're playing, but we're out here giving it everything that we got to make sure that we're going to come out on top. And uh, I think it's a mentality that, a lot of players, you know, kind of shy away from, uh, you know, mainly it being, you know, this is a job, this is a grind, this is a profession. So sometimes they look at it where it's like, oh, I'm not feeling it today. You know, I don't want to give everything that I got when realistically a city like this fuels off of your energy of you coming out every day and giving it everything that you have. And like I said us this city being fueled off us you know we're fueled off of this city the passion that these they actually care like that's that's the best part is they care like they don't care if if you're injured or this or that they they want to see results and i think when you put so much you know work and effort blood sweat and tears into a craft you want people that are cheering you on you know to be as passionate as you are and they definitely are that
0: yeah, I really like that. And and especially when it comes to someone like you, your game. I feel like, you know, even if you're having an off night, if you're struggling, going through a tough stretch, the thing I like about players like you is that you always find a way to kind of make your presence felt, right? You're hopping in the game, you're getting in somebody's ear, you're diving for a loose ball, you're jawing, you know, pumping up the crowd. And Philadelphia loves players like that. Um, so have you always been that type of guy? Are you the, the loudest one on the court? the guy who's going to talk his stuff and then go up at the end of the you know game and shake his hand are you have you always been that guy or has philly kind of you know even embraced that more out of you
1: i mean i think in in certain cities it's kind of you know more embraced i mean obviously some cities wouldn't like someone that with my type of edge or flair that you know is always running his mouth some cities may be like hey stop talking so much and actually you know do something on the court but I think the, the biggest thing for me is I know where I'm at. Um, I know the energy that I need to bring on a, you know, a day-to-day basis. And the best part is that I'm in a city that embraces that. I'm in a city that embraces tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar, you know, gritty guys where I may not be the most talented, but I'm going to be in your face um, the whole night, and whether you like it or not. And and that's for, you know, my own personal gain, to help me get going, to to help my team get going and that all starts with energy. I'm, I'm big on giving off great energy and a lot of electricity. When I come in the game. I pride myself on doing that.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. And kind of transitioning to the, you know, the basketball standpoint, like you coming in this offseason, obviously, you know, you've discussed before how, you know, you developed a relationship with Doc Rivers, you know, some of the other guys on this squad. Um, but overall, I feel like you were very underrated as a player. You know, you've been in the league six years. Um, And you've had one hell of a journey. So finding your way to Philadelphia, um, Doc Rivers in training camp, I remember him talking about you the first day. He said that you were free-flowing, you were playing smooth, you're a high-IQ type of individual. Um, Has your opportunity and your relationship with Doc Rivers, was that pretty much the reason why you decided to come into Philadelphia um, when you saw kind of that increased expansion of a role? And, you know, in terms of that opportunity, is that – you know, kind of what um, expedited your trip to Philadelphia?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that you can get a head coach on the phone during free agency to tell you how he feels about you and how he thinks you can be valued and then the opportunities that he he spoke of were, were true. I mean, he's put me in all those positions. It's given me a chance for me to really develop my career uh, moving forward. And uh, I'm super thankful for him. I'm super thankful for that. And I'm super thankful for the – Sixers organization, you know, to allow me to come in here and be me, Um, you know, not limiting me or telling me what I can't do, but just letting me be me. Um, And, you know, obviously I have a high basketball IQ, I I can make plays for others, um, shoot the ball, put the ball on the floor. so it's been great for me, and I think the best part is I've been embraced. Um, and when you go to a new city, you never know what's going to happen. They can hate you, they can not really like you, or you're just another guy in the shuffle. But to be like fully embraced with everything that I am and what I bring, um, I couldn't have asked for a better fit. And, and like you said, I mean, obviously knowing what I was getting myself into in Philadelphia, along with Doc Rivers, is is the reason you know why I'm here today.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome, especially when you look at your season, right? You know, you're you're averaging um, a career high. You're playing more minutes than you've ever played by, I think, seven or eight more per game. And obviously the Sixers were looking for a backup for, for a long time. That was definitely an area of need. We were trying to address it. And when you were signed here, I feel like it was more of the unknown. You know, what is this guy going to bring? But the fact that you just came in here and embraced your role, and honestly, you're one of the most consistent uh, bench players on this squad and you've done a lot for this team um, so I'm really excited but as you continue to kind of man that second unit you know um, where do you think uh the, the depth of this team is right now
1: uh, we have a ton of depth uh, you know we have guys you know one through you know 15 that can play I mean as you see in these games where we're shorthanded you know three four guys in a rotation we can have guys out there play 20 minutes that weren't playing at all uh, two nights before that. And when you have guys, I've been on other NBA teams, when you have guys that can step in and, and play roles and not be out there and continuously making mistakes, you, you have a lot of depth. Um, it makes for uh, you know a ton of highly competitive practices and guys constantly being pushed, knowing that you know, if, if you're not playing consistently, we do have guys uh, further down the bench that can take your spot. Um, so, it's motivation to come in every day to work, uh, to continue to grow. Um, obviously, um, you know, when you talk about depth, you know, we have um, a bunch of guards. Um, you know, obviously we have Joel, Andre, Charles Bassey. Um, you know, we have guys that can play multiple positions, um, which is perfect. So, you know, if a point guard goes down, we can have a, a shooting guard fall into that role. We can. Have a, a small forward play a little bit, a, a couple of minutes at the uh, power forward spot. We have a uh, very multi-dimensional guys, which is is pretty huge in, in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. And if you had to say, in terms of George Niang, the basketball player, like what makes him so valuable to a team, whether it's on the floor, maybe even in the locker room, what is it about George Niang that you know you try to bring to every single place you go?
1: Uh, you just know what you're getting. You're going to get a dude that's going to be a motherfucker that's going to come in every day and, and work his ass off and, you know, come in and give everything that he's got on a day-to-day basis. You don't have to worry about what am I getting from George today. Uh, you're going to get a, a ton of energy on a day-to-day basis and um, a guy that you can count on to make shots and, and do things the right way and, and be a true professional day in and day out. Um, other than that, you know, the rest of I can't tell you how many shots I'm going to make on a nightly basis, but I can tell you that I'm going to bring it every single night. Yeah. I love it,
0: man. So, you know, you've mentioned Joel Embiid a couple of times. I want to get to um, your views on playing alongside Joel. He's one of the most dominant big men. You talked about the win in Boston. So at the time of recording, this was last night. Um, Joel Embiid was just freaking ridiculous. 41 points. I'm sure you had a blast watching it. I know, you were on Twitter talking about us being uh, witnesses of the process. Uh, it was hilarious. But overall, you know, you get to see the ins and outs. You get to see the day-to-day stuff of Joel Embiid. Um, just kind of take me through, like, what is it about Joel Embiid that just makes him not only an unbelievable talent, but just an, an amazing dude and, and an amazing player in that locker room?
1: Uh, Joel gets it. You know, he understands uh, I don't want to say the pressure because I'm not sure that he feels pressure. Uh, he, he he understands the the magnitude of what he has at his at his fingertips. Um, you know the opportunity for him to be the face of a franchise to bring a championship to a city that is you know definitely um, definitely embraced him. I think he understands that, and I, I, we've talked about it time and time again. You know, Philly fans they care, and I, I think that's what drives, you know, Joel on a, on a consistent basis is he wants this so bad for himself, but he also wants it so bad uh, for them. And you can see it in his work. He's a diligent worker. He may not, you know, be loud all the time or, you know, have the most energy, but he's working towards a goal of, of bringing a championship um, to Philadelphia. And, and that goes into every second of every day that, you know, he's, he's out there. And I think that's amazing when you have a superstar player that is that bought in to bring a championship to an organization and doesn't care about his own accolades. He wants to find ways to be better, to win. Um, and then you talk about his game. I mean, you, you talk about a guy that has is seven foot, but has moves and shimmy shakes and footwork like a guard and, you know, can handle the ball, can shoot it. Um, he's honestly just an unreal talent, um, you know, where you can post him up or you can have him dribble the ball up and, and, and and shoot threes or drive past people. He's a mismatched nightmare. And like I've said before, in in different uh, platforms, when you have someone on the court like that, that just demands a double team just by stepping foot on the court, that makes life a lot easier for guys like me, for Furkan, for shake, Tobias, Seth, um, It just makes for there's constantly being a rotation for the defense, so you're playing against a defense that's uh, at a disadvantage. What was George Niang thinking
0: last night? I know you were, like I said, you were having a blast on Twitter. What were you thinking when Joel goes down the stretch, hitting shot after shot after shot, and then he hits the dagger, the step back almost from the corner over Marcus Smart and Ennis Freedom? What were you thinking at that moment?
1: Man, i just thankful that you have a guy like that in your locker room I mean you could go your whole career in the NBA and never play with someone that that dominant like we're we're talking about like there's superstars there's guys that have been nominated for all-stars and then there's that top tier where it's like I know when I give him the ball either we're getting a good shot or he's making a shot where someone would be like oh that's tough and that's a shot that makes on a consistent basis and and that's what he did. I mean, you talk about why guys get paid what they do, why the pressure on them is is so high because in those moments you look at them like, "Hey, I'm going to give you the ball, like take us home, put us on your back." And that's a moment where Joel, yeah, got you. Yeah. What's next? And not phased, not not over exuberant, not no, like this is this is what you guys expected me. Like th- that's why that's why I tweeted what I tweeted. is like, we're all witnesses to the process because right before your eyes, like Philly, you've seen this guy from a young, a young college kid to turn into this man that is, you know, taking on so much responsibility, taking on so much pressure, failed, succeeded, failed, and kept getting up, not just for him, but for a whole city. Like when you realize that you have a whole city, um, to take care of. I, I think that's when you, well, Joel performs at his, at his best. That's for sure. Yeah. He re, he's another one that really just has
0: embraced Philadelphia from the day he got here. And, you know, I like when he comes out and is vocal, um, not even just about him as a person, but, uh, you know, about his play, right. He comes out a couple of weeks ago. He says, I'm the closer. I want the ball with the game on the line. I want to go out and hit the shot. Um, do you think, He's the long-term closer of this team. When, you know, when everybody's over there on, on the sidelines or drawing up the final play, um, Doc's telling you guys what to do. Is it like we all trust in Joel? Let him go get a bucket and, and we live or die with it.
1: I mean, it's a pretty loaded question. I mean, it, it depends game for game. But if we're talking about who who's our guy and who we want getting the ball, yeah, I, I think that'd be a stupid answer if I said anybody else other than Joel. I mean, sometimes that's not how the game plays out. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're reliant on guys that, you know, you want to take the last shot, but something happens, a double team and they have to find another guy to take a shot. That's how the game goes. But right. I think you want to have a lot of things circled around Joel. He, he is, I am him, he is him. Like that. that's where you want your beginning to be, your middle and your end. Yeah. I think I just think it's unbelievable sometimes the things he is able to do
0: at his size. Like they're they're just never seen before. I mean his athleticism is just it's unbelievable. It really is like you said for a 7-foot guy. Um but let me ask you one last thing about Joel. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I I have to here, but is Joel Embiid the best talent you have ever played alongside?
1: Um Yeah, I I would say, you know, uh, pound for pound, um, you know, skill for skill. I mean, we're talking about, you know, I I know the word unicorn has been used with Christoph Porzingis, but we're talking about a guy that can score anywhere around the hoop, uh, um, you know, has footwork like a guard, has, you know, handle like a guard, um, can pass, um, is constantly double teamed, um, And even though he's reliant on people to feed him the ball, he can get the ball on his spot after getting his own rebound or getting a rebound on the defensive end. And then you talk about a guy that anchors a defense. I mean, he does it on both ends of the floor. The fact that he's so good offensively takes away from people seeing how great he is defensively, which is unfair. But at the same time, it's like he does get the accolades that you would want on the offensive end. I, I don't think um I'm blessed to play alongside with a talent like Joel. And I don't know if I'll ever play alongside someone as talented and dominant as a Joel ever. So, you know, I I definitely take every day and and appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. That's for sure. Because like I said, like we're all witness to this. Don't, don't, (laughs) if, if he has a bad night, don't, don't hate, don't, don't throw shade because this is all a part of the growth of, one of the best basketball players or big men you'll ever see. So enjoy that.
0: Yeah. I love that answer. I really do. Um, But obviously this team, right. You know, there's also been a lot of off the court drama this year. And, you know, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't even at least ask you about it. So, you know, obviously there's all this drama, especially with Ben Simmons and and everything going on, but I view it as this team can either go one of two ways. They can either turn um, and make excuses or they can kind of use this to galvanize the troops, go out there. And it seems like when things are clicking for you guys, it seems like there is a bond that hasn't been there per se in in previous years. Like you guys are all connected. It seems like, you know, everybody's vocally supportive. Like everybody out there is having a lot of fun. So, you know, what would you say kind of the mindset is of this team right now? And what's the everyday chemistry like in that locker room?
1: Uh, I think we have great chemistry, um, you know. I got here, I think it was three, four months ago and uh, you know, Tobias Harris, you know, um, Joel, Seth, Danny, uh, Tyrese, all those guys do a great job of, you know, bringing us all together and uh, keeping this a a close knit group. Um, Obviously you mentioned, you know, uh, some of the stuff that, you know, that's happened, you know, off the court. But at the end of the day, I think all of us have realized we can't control any of that. We're going to come in and, all right, who's playing today? All right, how how can we figure out ways to win games with who's uh, dressing up tonight? Whether if that's with injuries, COVID, um, personal issues, um, we got to come on and do a job and and do it together. And and our goal is to win games. At the end of the day, we're all here to win games. Um, We're not here for anything else. So we come in every day and we enjoy working with each other on a day to day basis. And I think that's the best part when you can come to work every day and enjoy who you're working next to life is easy. And uh, I think we've done that. Obviously we've had our ups and our downs, um, but we're not here to make excuses. I mean, we're here to continue to get better each and every day. And we feel, you know, yeah, we may be, you know, 500 or just above 500 right now, but what we're working towards is, is towards the end of the year. Um, and we're working towards getting a little bit better every single day. And I think, you know, we've done that.
0: Yeah. Do you think there is maybe any, or has there any been any during the season, like lack of focus due to any of the, you know, surrounding noise, or has it kind of just been like a, like you said, we're going to do what we have to do. And honestly, we let the rest play out and kind of see what happens. Like, is that the message from doc rivers to this team every night?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody is distracted, you know, by anything. Uh, I think the biggest distraction has been COVID. I mean, we were eight and two and Joel gets COVID, you know, I mean, then, you know, we have injuries and then you have another COVID outbreak. Um, I think it just shows the perseverance of our team, you know, that, you know, no matter who's suiting up, no matter who's out there, you know, what guys we have, who we have to bring in, we're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to fight and we're going to go out there and, and find ways to win games. It may not be the prettiest, but we're going to get it done.
0: Yeah, and I think the only way to go is up from here. You know, I think as we get healthier, like you said, I mean, we've had two outbreaks now, which is insane, but hopefully we get these guys back together, get you guys, you know, under your feet, playing more together. Um, But in light of everything that has happened this year, you know, there's been guys stepping up, and I want to ask you about two players, Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Theibel. To me, those are two of the, maybe the best young players in this league. You have Matisse Thibault, a defensive wizard. I say that he sees plays before they happen. Like, I, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about what it's like to go up against Matisse in practice. And then, you know, with Tyrese Maxey, he just, um, his level of poise as a 21-year-old kid is just, it's very remo- uh, remarkable to me. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about those two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely start off uh, with... Uh... Tyrese, I think, you know, he's been tremendous. I think when you have a young kid that, you know, was in the rotation or out the rotation and then has to come in and start and kind of has had to figure it out as he goes. And he's done a tremendous job. When you look at his numbers, he's has all-star point guard numbers. I mean, the guy's right. averaging 17 points. I don't know how many rebounds or how many assists, but I know that they're up there. And uh, he does a consistently good job or great job of, you know, getting us into our offense. Uh, being able to score, being able to break down the defense and get everybody involved. And that's not easy, you know, being as it three years ago, he was in high school. Um, so the fact that he's matured right in front, of, in front of our eyes and I tell him this all the time, this this time right here is so important for his development that he's learning it in year two rather than having to play a smaller role and learn it in year three or four, this is going to be huge for his NBA career. And I can't wait to see where it it takes off to, because the kid comes in and works uh, every single day and he's he's a joy to be around. He's never had a bad day. So uh, I love that kid. I love the energy that he brings and I'm excited to see what his future holds for him. Um, And then Matisse, uh, you talk about a guy that, you know, you knew he was a defender when you weren't on his team, but now that I'm on his team, I'm like, (laughs) "Whoa!" like he really is, has the intangibles to be the best defender in the game. I mean, you talk about someone that can go out and guard probably one through three, maybe even one through four and just be a menace with his, you know, size, his athleticism, you know, his ability to, um, react to the ball, um, He just has great instinct, and you can't teach those things. And he's constantly aware, you know, when he's guarding guys, what little tricks and what little things he can do um, to defend or to be a defender, and he's constantly working. And I think the thing with him is he's underrated, uh, you know, offensively, especially with his IQ. He has a good way of, you know, has a good way of sliding around the defense to find little holes in the defense to get dunks, layups, wide open threes. Uh, we're, We're very lucky to have both those two young stars. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I agree. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like these are things that just come with time, especially with players like those two. Um, you know, they have a lot of upside going forward. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see how those things get worked on. Another thing I wanted to ask you was, obviously, you had talked to, you know, about a week ago on a podcast. Um, and I feel like a lot of what you said got misinterpreted in, in one way. You know, you talked about Doc Rivers and something about practice and, Pretty much saying how, you know, things are kind of relaxed uh, during the season. And I feel like a lot of people took that the wrong way. So I just want you to kind of tell the people what I'm you want to
1: You want me to clear the air on that?
0: I, I would love you to clear the air right here. Just so people know and uh, don't overreact about
1: it. <laughs> I mean, I said that in the midst of we had a 13-day road trip and a nine-day road trip. And That's pretty, those have pretty much been our games and people like got all up out of sorts. It's like, first off, we had injuries, we had COVID, so we couldn't practice and like we were on the road for 22 out of like the 27 days in between like November and December and people kind of just like ran with it. I was kind of making a joke, (laughs) Um, but we do practice. Guys are in the gym every single day. That has nothing to do with guys not making shots or making shots. Um, guys take their job extremely serious. We're professionals. At the end of the day, you got to show up and do your job. Um, I don't even, I shouldn't even be talking about it, but it's more or less just like, all right, like if that's how you guys feel. But um, when we do practice, we get after it. Uh, doctor is demanding and he wants perfection. And that's why he's an all-time coach and a Hall of Fame coach because he demands it and he's going to get it or you're not going to play. Yeah. So you you can pick that and uh, or you choose. And I think, you know, our overall growth as a team is we're continuing to grow, we're continuing to get better and we're continuing to find ways to win games. The fact that, you know, we can go into last night and be down. I, I looked at the injury sheet and it was like, wow. But... <laughs> We yeah. can be down and still figure out ways to win. Uh, that just speaks volumes to our organization, our players, our coaching staff, and having all of us prepared.
0: Yeah, it was a sensational win for sure, and uh, you know I'm glad that you kind of you know put that out there so people understand what you were trying to say. Um, one of the last things I want to ask you about is obviously there's a lot of uncertainty with this roster, you know, going forward. Who <coughs> you knows how this team may shape up in a couple months? But as of right now. Do the Sixers in your eyes have enough? You know, how do they stack up amongst the competition in the Eastern Conference?
1: Yeah, I would never say that a team that I'm on uh, doesn't have enough. Um, I think we have more than enough. I think here's the thing that people don't understand is it takes a lot of luck uh, to win an NBA championship. Like, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they were a, a size 16 shoe Kevin, that Kevin Durant wears away from going home right? right and that's the type of luck that you need you just want to have enough talent to get you in the first round win the first round win the second round and then from there on out the last you know four to eight teams it's it's luck at that point you need guys to get hot you need guys to stay healthy you need maybe another team to be in a little bit of a funk and and that's what you need and you want to get hot at the right time do I think we have enough absolutely uh, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't second guess that at all. I definitely think we have enough, um, you know, and when we were starting off the season eight and two, you know, people weren't riding us off then, um, you know, teams go through their ups and their downs, but at the end of the year, it's it's the end product that you're you're focusing on and how can we be better and be playing our best when it's, you know, April, May and June. <laughs> yeah
0: definitely it's a long ruling season but like you said, you know we this team has shown um, a lot of good this year and I don't want people to forget that as we kind of carry you know going forward but um, before we get out of here, you know obviously you started a podcast recently with Lauren Rosen called the big Niang theory. So kind of take us through like the idea of that, how it came about. Are you a, a podcaster um, in terms of interest have you you know always enjoyed podcasting or how did, how is that going for you?
1: Yeah. I've always enjoyed podcasting. Uh, you know, I started one in Utah. Um, I've done a couple. Um, so I just kind of wanted to keep that going. I, you know, I've always been had interest in, you know, this field and getting to know other people and then just talking shop, you know what I mean? I've always been someone that, you know, likes to talk, talk shop, hang out, you know, in a relaxed environment, get to know other people and share that with the world. Um, so the big Niang theory is, has, has dropped uh, our episode with you know Furcon, Corkmaz uh, just came out. We have a couple more getting ready to be pushed out, but it's just something that's chilled, relaxed, uh, good vibes, and you know just want people to, you know, see that we're more than just basketball players. You know, there's there's more to us. There's different layers, and definitely want to show people the guys on our team. You know, that we have on. You know what their interests are and how how uh, they operate daily and, and what things they like to do. I think fans, you know, like to hear about that stuff. And we'll get some more guests, maybe some Philly legends. My boy, Kevin Hayes, if we can get him on there, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, uh, you know, we uh, we like to have a good time, relaxed, cool environment, and let people know um, that there's more to uh, some of us than, than just putting on a uniform.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Is is Furkan Korkmaz the funniest guy on the team?
1: He's funny. He is very <laughs> funny. I think with his broken English and, uh, you know, his mannerisms and, you know, Ferky magic, man, that that dude's uh, he's a legend.
0: Yeah. Ferky is awesome, man. Uh, before we get out of here, what I like to do with the guests that come on uh, as a last, you know, kind of goodbye. I usually like to tailor it to who we have on the show. But, you know, for those out there that may be listening, maybe those who aspire to maybe be in the NBA one day or, or grow up in become a professional athlete. What is one piece of advice from George Niang, the staple piece of advice that you would give out there to anybody who is looking to kind of take the same route you did?
1: Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is if you're passionate about something and a a lot of people say that they, you know, want to be a professional athlete or they want to do this. No, I'm talking about something that like, like you, you feel greatly and deeply about because when shit gets hard and you're like, "Ah, I don't really want to do that anymore. Then you weren't really that passionate about it. Like I think about, you know, my journey and what I had to go through. And there were times where I doubted myself and didn't think I was good enough. But those are the times where you really find out if this was really meant for you or if you really want this, because in those times, if you just refuse to quit, I promise you have grit and don't give up on yourself, you will see yourself achieve your dreams day by day. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to happen overnight. This dream for me to make the NBA took me, you know, 15, 15 plus years. And what did I tell you after year three that it seemed like it was going to happen? No, year seven, I didn't think it was going to happen. After year 10, I didn't think it was going to happen. And then one day it's, it's like you get from, uh, Someone read a quote that that basically was saying that at 33 degrees or at 31 degrees, something is still frozen. And then one degree, one day at 32 degrees, you know what I mean? Things start to, things start to melt. And that's all it takes is one degree of change, something to fall into place and you can slowly start. And then after a while, like the degrees go up and things start melting a little faster and, you know, things happen for yourself. So if I could give advice is If you're really passionate about um, something, don't give up on it, no matter how hard it gets. I promise you, when you achieve your goals, you won't ever regret it. It's gonna be tough, it's not gonna be easy, you're gonna doubt yourself, that's natural, Um, but keep on pushing, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, George, thank you so much for taking time to join us
0: today, man. I really do appreciate it. You're always welcome back on the show. Um, A lot of good stuff here today. Um, get well soon. Go out there and help us win some more ball games. and keep being you. Keep on, you know, pumping up the crowd, being George Niang. We really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on.